What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. This episode, I wanted to talk to you guys. I've been getting a couple questions about what to do when you live in a homophobic town and you feel like you can't get away or you are not accepted in your hometown. So I was sitting here thinking and I was like, well, I personally did not grow up in the um, most liberal town myself. And my friend Ty, who is joining us today, also did not grow up in a very liberal town. So Ty, welcome to Behind the Bum. Gosh, hi. Um, are you ready <laughs> to like resurface some like deep, dark traumas that we've had growing up? Because yeah, um, this is totally fine. I um, My therapy session got canceled. So this is just what we're going to do. We're going to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and uncomfortable. And it's going to be great. <laughs> Love it. The blind leading the blind. <laughs> Two people from the Northeast with um, zero educational level in therapy. Um, So we are here to just give you our insight on what we did and how we navigated it. And if you guys would like to share your opinions, feel free to let us know. Um, But Ty, I guess I'll start with you. Like, where did you grow up? So I grew up in a place called um, Brunswick, Ohio. It's Mm. about like 20 minutes from like Cleveland. So it's like Cleveland, Ohio but like 20 minutes outside of, but it's like the last like (laughs) sliver of civilization before the hills have eyes to the (laughs) room. Like where where all the kids like drive their tractors to school. It's like the town before that, you know what I mean? So like a couple like Trump 2020 bumper stickers are around there? A couple, honey. You can't get down the block without seeing every house on the on the street with a, with a, tw- a Trump twenty twenty or keep Trump's bullshit going or like you know some stupid sign like that. Mm, uh, my favorite thing to see, of course, of course. But you know, we're out here voting. We're out here at these polls, getting everything together because you know it's time. It's time. Well, on topic with polling, I'm not to jump too far ahead, but. You are, you currently live in LA, right? Yeah, I currently live in Los Angeles. But where are you registered to vote? I'm registered to vote still in Ohio. See, that's smart. Well, the thing is like my roommate was asking me, he's like, are you registered to vote? And I was like, of course, but I'm flying back to Ohio on the third to vote. And he was like, wait, what? I was like, well, California doesn't need me right now. Like California, we know, (laughs) we know which way California gonna go. But Ohio has always been in the swing state. It's the state that goes left, it goes right, it kind of, you know, kind of flows. But, you know, I'm, I need to be here. This is where my vote is going to count the most. Does that make sense? So you all know it's crazy that I was actually thinking about today. Um, so if you think about it, right, all the big cities are filled with people like us, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason I have a huge issue with this is I feel like everybody runs from middle America and not saying if anybody listening to this in middle America thinks the way that um, middle America stereotypically does. Right. But middle America is like a very scary place, at least for me. Mm. Um, I mean, I grew up in Syracuse, New York. So like, I feel like they do have similar viewpoints to middle America, if you will. Mm. But it's very, I don't know. It's just like a scary, to me, when I think of middle America, I think uneducated, Trump supporter, guns not saying that there's like a huge issue with guns i just personally feel like there needs to be more regulation on them um people who pretty much don't really accept gay people 
Um, and so I think everybody runs from those towns, which how are you ever going to change the viewpoints or the voting of those towns that keep electing these like problematic people, you know? Yeah, but there's a, the, the only issue that you would run into is like, who is fortunate enough to run away from their home while also be conscious enough and aware enough to go and vote in their home, in their hometown? Does that make sense? I, I personally never thought about that till today. So I wonder how many people thought the way you did, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely a great thing moving forward that I feel like we should think more so not changing our registered addresses yeah. you know what I mean? and continue to vote in your hometown because I feel like that's the only way to like really bring change. I think it's a smart thing to do, but I don't, but I don't know. Don't you feel like the government's going to be like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute, hold on. Who are these I mean, over you know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, I think if all of a sudden middle America went blue, they'd be like, okay, what the fuck's going on here? Meanwhile, the gays are just up to some trickery. <laughs> the gays yeah. are rigging the election. <laughs> <laughs> We're late to the game. We should have did this earlier. Uh, well, let me backtrack for a second. So like, Ty, when did you even come out? Let's start there. So I came out, um, I was... What was I 17? No, no, no. I think it was like 15. I think I was 15 years old when I came out. So in uh, Ohio. In Ohio, yeah. So I was 15 when I came out. Uh and it was it was so weird because I I came out but I got caught coming. Like I had like it was like a situation where like I was texting this dude, we were like sexting, and it was like, you know things that you know 15 year olds do at that, at that point when you get tired of watching you know porn on the downstairs home computer <laughs> do but you like, send dick pictures at 15 is that a thing i mean it was <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah i i mean i got caught doing that and then it was like um it was like, oh my God, you can't be gay. Like what's going on? Like, this is not okay. And you know, you, I came out as like bisexual, like thinking that that was like, oh, well, here's the like, you know, the cushion to like yeah. the big reveal, like the big gay opening. And um, it was just not, it, I was forced to be on like a punishment. I was like grounded for being gay. And it was just like, like I, it was the craziest thing. Like I only had like one friend in high school school like I didn't go to any parties like I don't have any stories of like you know making out or doing nasty things under the bleachers in high school like I was at home watching tv watching like porn the hub. Kardashians and what'd you say I said gay porn hub <laughs> gay porn hub the Kardashians you know gay stuff you know yeah but um yeah and then I uh it was just really, it was weird. It was weird. It was hard. Cause like, you know, my mom came from a religious background. My dad came from like a very macho, you know, um, I guess you could say toxic masculinity background, but you know, as middle America does, I mean, what, what, you know, yeah. what else do we know? It's just literally the blind leading the blind, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I totally relate to that. I feel like my mom was super liberal, but my dad was also like, my football coach and like the ultimate exactly. bro. And, like, I feel like exactly. he played college baseball. So it was like, although I had a feeling that my family would be very accepting it, just like the, the presentation of my family on paper was like the first child, the oldest child oh, yeah. did not be the gay leading the charge, you know? Okay. Well, then it was like, like well, like my parents are like, and like our relationship is so much better now. It's actually really, really great. 
but my parents are like the coolest people in the world. Like they're just the coolest parents. Like they always just walk up in a room and I like get stopped at the grocery store. Like, is, is that your daddy? Oh, <laughs> oh, we go way back, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, oh my God, my parents are so cool. So to find out that they wouldn't be cool with me doing all of this, it was just like, wait, can I curse on here? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, okay, just making sure. So that's um, like where they draw the line then. Yeah, it was just like, what, like, what is like the disconnect? Like, where are we not seeing eye to eye? I don't understand. Like, this is just me. And I didn't realize, or there wasn't any, like, there wasn't a consciousness about something being wrong with me until it was like labeled as gay. You know what I mean? I was just me. I was like, let me paint with these colors. Let me wear these shoes. Let me dance to this song. Let me do whatever I like. You know what I mean? Let me be as creative as possible. But then when the idea of something being gay came into effect, it was like, wait, what was, wait, wait, what, what's this? What's this called? I don't know what this ticket I'm given yeah. is called. Like checking that box. Well, no, cause I was, so when I was emailing you these questions, I was like trying to think for my own self, like, because I was like, personally, I was like sucking dick my whole life. Like I don't even remember an age that I wasn't sucking a dick, whether it was yeah. my neighbor or whoever else, like I was doing the damn thing since like seven years old. Like I have no idea, right? Neighbor, your uncle, the you know, the captain of the football team. Of course, everybody. Well, no, not that. <laughs> like, let's not throw that into the universe. <laughs> but no, and I was trying to think like why? Like there must have been something in my brain that was like saying, like, oh, this is wrong. Like this is what gay means, like this is what's not allowed. And I wish I could remember why I thought it was wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I Googled a word. I don't know if I saw it in a magazine. Um, But I just feel like nobody in school, like, taught me that or, you know? When do you think you were introduced to the word gay? Or, like, when you were kind of like... So that I know. So that was in um, going into seventh grade. Okay. So elementary school was great. My mom was a teacher there. So I felt like I was cool, right? Granted, my (laughs) class had, like, 30 people in it. Yeah. So then when I went to junior high, which was seventh to 12th grade private school, um, I remember somebody coming up to me being like, oh, are you a faggot? And I was like, what? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? And so I remember just like sitting there and no, this was before I could even Google. So I was just like in school, you know? So I was like, okay, like that sounds rude. Um, <laughs> So I was just like, okay, I'm going to go Google faggots when I get home. And I just made a note (laughs) to do that. And so I Googled it and I was like, oh my God, like, so this is just another way of like Googling gay porn, which like I was already doing at that age. So I was like, (laughs) I started typing in like on the internet, like faggots, sex, like just like. (laughs) (laughs) But then I realized it was like a wrong term. So it. I realized that I was basically getting made fun of in seventh grade. Um, But fortunately for me, I feel like from seventh grade, it was really difficult to adjust to that lifestyle of, you know, being in a new school, trying to make new friends. But I came home to all my neighborhood friends that I was growing up with my whole life. So like, at least for me, it would suck going to school from like 8am to 3pm. But then 3 p.m. and on the weekend, I felt fine because like that wasn't my inner circle, if you will. So I was definitely fortunate enough for that. But I think that's when I first learned what the word gay was. Yeah. It Actually was... stamp the label on it, if you will. <laughs> the word gay was never like introduced. Like, it was just like, 
I was always like a fan of like pop culture and I like I it was just maybe like it was just a miracle that I had never heard of the term I didn't know what it was I knew like I I knew I was like loved dressing up playing with dolls doing this coloring and I've always been a creative so like I've just always lived in that creative space right and in that creative space you know it's a it's a place where time and space really doesn't exist you know when you're when you're working on a project and you're like so lost in it like that is where I resided for like most of my childhood most of my growing up and like I mean there's times where I don't even remember like going to school I don't remember being in school because I was just living in this creative bubble that yeah. I created for myself and I think you know in hindsight it was probably just a shield of protection for myself to kind of like you know not be taken over or corrupted by like the you know middle America you know uh closed-mindedness you know so did you ever use women as a way to like block any of this like I know you say you use like your creative bubble to block what was going on but did you ever use women so I had like girlfriends but did I was act with them like did you like you know fool around oh well so at 15 I lost my virginity and came out as bisexual but like at the end of the opposite spectrums of the year but it was just like it was, I was like doing, it was almost like I was doing what society had said, oh, well, this is what you do. This is how you talk to girls. This is how you do that. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck, I'm late to the fucking party. Let me get the directions <laughs> where I need to do what? Oh, I need to have sex with a woman. Check. Okay. I need to have a girlfriend. Check. I need to go to homecoming with girls. And I need, and I was like, okay. I was like, I'm doing all these things, but like, is just supposed to feel like I'm, you know, checking off things on a task list? That's what it feels like, yeah. And I was just like, what? What's happening? There's no stimulation. There's no, where are all these butterflies? Where are these bubbles? Where is this warm stomach sensation? There, yeah. There's none of that. You wanna know what's so funny is I remember like people, and I didn't even realize this till I actually came out. But you know when like, it was like hot to grind with girls and like you just like loved it and whatever. And they would yeah. always like, for me, I would always notice they would like grind on my belt, like my belt loop and belt buckle, let me say. And I was okay. like, why are they always like rubbing on my belt buckle? Like, it's so annoying. Like, and it digs into me. And then later on, I realized that a lot of straight guys, like obviously like get boners from grinding on girls. And that's like why it's like a hot thing. So I never noticed that when I would like grind on guys and sometimes I'll pop a chub or like get a boner with a guy. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, oh, girls probably this whole time thought my boner was my belt buckle. And they were like, <laughs> You're basically inverted inside your pants because you're not feeling any stimulation from this. No, I, none. Oh, none. None. Like my dick literally went inside of itself when I was dancing with girls because I was like, what are we doing here? Like, are we just creating friction? Like, you know, my pants are going to get hot. Like, what are we, yeah. what are we doing? You're basically just wiping Corona on the fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just never, it was never a thing. There was, there was no point like and I've played like you know going to high school like I think in like my freshman year I went to high school party and it was like spin the bottle and it was like okay it's your turn to kiss I think it was Jocelyn or something and I was like oh ooh, Jocelyn come on over like a bad bitch (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile I literally go and it's just like it was basically the same stimulation as giving somebody a high five Mm -hmm. there was nothing it was just like silence it was just well you know what i thrived off other people's like 
viewpoint. So them being like, oh my, Jeff, you made out with her. And I'd be like, yeah, bitch, I did. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, I yeah. thrived off that more than the act itself. Of course you thrive off of like the cool points. Yeah. The energy that the cool kids brought for you for doing. But even like, I, like I had a girlfriend for like 10 months, my like sophomore year. So it was like a long relationship, but she was like a senior and I thought I was like the coolest thing on the block. Wow. And like, we had, oh, I was like hot dog, honey. I was, up like, the, doing I was like walking around. I was sashaying all the way down, up and down the hallways with this girlfriend that I like, you know, had, but like, she was like, and she was such an advocate for me. And she was like, he is not gay. He is, he will never be gay. He is my man. I was like, you better fight for me, oh. Kiana. <laughs> but, um, Funny thing is I ended up, we like fooled around. We had sex, but like we, I convinced her. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I convinced her that I had ED. And like, like there was a, <laughs> we're like fooling around the one time and like I couldn't get hard. And I was like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And this is like me and my mind. Like, how do I can, like, how do I just like get out of this situation? So I was like, I was like, babe, I'm sorry. Like, and she's like, what's going on? Like, what's wrong? And I was like, I like look, you know, looked her in the eyes. Like, I got close, and I was like, I just gotta tell you know, I've, I've got to tell you something. Um, it's really hard for me, but um, I have ED. <laughs> and she literally was like, and it, like it was like one split second where my heart like sank, and I was like, fuck, she's not gonna believe this. But literally, she, like the next thing you know, she looked into my eyes and she goes oh, baby, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. We're going to make it through this. We're going to stay together. We're going to be stronger than ever. And I was like, Whew. meanwhile, I was going home and jerking off to gay porn every <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> well, she's probably, well, okay. So I don't even think I knew what ED was, but I mean, there's definitely pills. There was pills for it at that time too. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Erectile dysfunction. Did, she, yeah. did she convince you to take anything back no, in the no, day? No, she was just like, it was like a very like, we're going to make it through this. We, this is just a, a hiccup on the trail of success. Like it was just like, she was a believer. And I, I mean, we were friends for years, but she was such a believer in the fact that we were going to last forever. She but. just really, really wanted to make that work. Well, you know what? I feel like sometimes like guys, girls, whatever, straight, gay. I feel like a lot of times you end up like clouded in a relationship where you like are your friends are telling you, don't do this. We hate him, this and that. Oh, yeah. And so her friends are probably telling her like, he's so gay, like just wait. <laughs> so she's like more determined to like prove them wrong that you guys oh, yeah. are match made in heaven, you know? Of course. I mean, a, a person that comes into your life that, you know, like a, a, a project, if you say, oh, okay. hi, sign me up. Can yeah, I please? We love to fix people. Of course. But now I'm to the point where I'm like, listen, baby, I'm from the projects. I don't need anyone. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you single or with someone? I am actually seeing someone right now. I do have a boyfriend. Oh. I know, right? That was a cool Same or mind. different? What'd you say? Same or different? Oh, different. Oh, no, oh. We, leave, we, leave, we leave others in the past where they belong. Okay, I wasn't sure because I haven't seen you in like a year or two. So I, I don't know where right. we're at. So like conversation for um, after this. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> new boyfriend, new things going on in LA. It's really actually kind of great. So like, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit, right? Okay. At what point did you think like, okay, Ohio isn't for me. I need to get out of here. Like, did you leave Ohio because of your sexuality? I left Ohio and the well, specifically the town I'm from because I thought in my mind, 
I guess I just think everyone else is uh, like ahead of me in life. And so I asked, I, like, I just kind of have this, um, I don't know, maybe it's a complex where I just think everyone else is like eons ahead of me, whether it's in a mental space, whether it's in academia, whether it's emotional intelligence, whether whatever it is, I always feel like I'm playing catch up. So when they were like, okay, graduation time, I was like, oh, well, let me scramble some stuff and get, get myself out of here. I can't be up <laughs> in here. I can't be the one person that's still in the hometown. You know what I mean? I can't just be up in, I have to go. I have yeah. to bounce. And so doing that, I, I was like looking around and it was one day when I was, um, I think I was in New York and I, um, one of my only friends from high school called me and we were talking and she was like, yeah, it's so crazy how like, you know, everyone's still here. And I was like, wait, what do you mean everyone's still here? And this is like five years after high school. And she was like, well, everyone's still like in Brunswick. And I was like, what do you, wait, hold on. What do you mean? Because in my mind, when I was like going to the counselor's office, they were sort of trying to figure out what college I was going to go to and where I was going to go and how fast I was going to get there. I was like looking on all the like, there was like this little bulletin board in the counselor's office and there was like a, a sheet that said like, what college everyone was going to. And it was like, oh, that's everyone's insane. going to Ohio State. Everyone's going here. People are going out of state. People are going. And I'm like, oh, well, baby, let me pick my purse up and get the fuck up out of here because I <laughs> The, like, you know what I mean? I can't be the, the loser of the town. I have to go. Yeah. So thinking that everyone's so ahead of me, I, it pressured me to like get my gears working and get the fuck out. So I did. Little did I know that no one had left and everyone still goes to the town bar. I, I don't even know where the town bar is because I don't. Like, I don't even know what that i don't even know what that, <laughs> it, it might be applebee's you know your neighborhood grill but i don't it's know after nine man half off apps i can tell you all about all right. that. <laughs> not after nine <laughs> yep, they got half off nugs baby with barbecue mm. uh, but i think you know i don't even think it's like run, you, you know the term running away for me it was never running away it was like it then transitioned into like, well, hurry up and get the fuck out because everyone else is getting out. So you can't be the one left behind. So then it was like, I'm seeking my people. That's what I'm looking for. I'm consistently seeking out. I'm like, where are, where are the people that I want to be around? Where are the people that I want to, you know, you know, have in, encourage, influence and inspire me. And so it wasn't really running. It was just kind of like, seeking out my people and my people as in my, my new family, you know what I mean? Whether, whether, you know, you have a relationship with your family at home or you find a new relationship with friends that you kind of come in contact with, whether it's at the clubs, whether it's at the bars, whether it's in the park, whether it's wherever, you know, from yep. Grindr. But, you know. Yeah, where, it, could, it could be though, you know? Of course. But where do you find those people? Where you, And you have to seek them out. And that's what I think a lot of people end up doing versus you know, of course they run away from their hometown, but I think they're running to find family. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, I feel like for me, I always, I, did you watch Gossip Girl? No, never, never, never. Okay, so for me, Gossip Girl, I was like obsessed with it. It was like my closeted thing that I would like watch in my room, like shut the door and lock it and like nobody knew I was watching it, right? And yeah. Gossip Girl is based around these like socialites who live in New York. And they do show like some gay things. It's all like mostly it's all straight couples, whatever. But it just shows this like lavish lifestyle that like I wanted to obtain. And it made New York look so fun and like gay friendly. And I was like, I need to like experience this. 
So for me, when I was like figuring out like, okay, I'm going to graduate college, but I've only ever visited New York with my parents. So I've never got to like fully like see the scene, if you will. So the summer going into my senior year of college, I literally was like, if I'm going to figure my life out, I need to just like dive in and like pretend I have an internship in New York and I'm just going to blow my whole savings account and discover Jeff. Yeah. So I dead ass packed up two suitcases, got a job that was not paid for, um, stayed in Brownsville, Brooklyn with my friend's grandfather. And me and my fake ID went to all the clubs. I was pretending to like, like I lived there. I had a, like, it was just the craziest experience for eight weeks. I left there in debt. Cause I just put everything on a credit card at that point. You know what I mean? Like I was like living and you know, I went into senior year and I was like, you know what? I know where I'm moving after college. I'm going to be gay. I'm going to come out once I graduate in May. And that's pretty much what I did. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I wish I didn't feel like I needed to um, hide that from all of my friends in that moment. But I just feel like I needed to like go through it and like, like the first time I introduced myself to somebody in New York as like, oh, I'm gay, I'm Jeff. And I was like 20 years old. It was crazy. You yeah. know, like it was just like somebody's just like meet you, accept you without asking a million questions who like didn't know you previously was yeah. incredible. And this was also before social media was a huge thing. I mean, we were what, like just adding people on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So it was there was no baggage with it to hide. Right. I think that's the most freeing thing, though, when you can fully introduce yourself as the authentic you and the pure you, it's something that's really unexplainable. It doesn't feel like there's any pressure to conform to any sort of like lines that you have to, you know, reside in, you know? Well, that's what's scary is I feel like where you and I come from, which is, I mean, not too far away, probably like five hour drive, but very similar upbringings is I feel like you grow up knowing like, I'm going to be married at 24. I want to have a kid at 26. I want to have a good job. I want to buy a house by 30. Like these are just like life things you start thinking of at the age of 15, but you don't realize like what actually goes into it. You know what I mean? Like when somebody told me when I was 17, I was going to be $80,000 in student loan debt by the end of it. I was like, Oh my God, like I'll be making 50 K. It'll be gone in three years. Like it's yeah. fine. Like you don't realize like, okay, that involves interest that involves rent. Like there's a million things that get played in. But I think when you grow up upstate or in a um, smaller town, if you will, you get stuck in this rat race that you almost lose sense of like who you are or who you're meant to be. And like you said, like you almost lose your creativity. Yeah. And well, it's like, you know, though being in a small town, being from middle America, I think everyone is kind of given um, this facade of the world. And I think it's a thing that like, you know, similar to uh, the Matrix, the movie or the Wizard of Oz, which is a metaphor for life. Yeah. Like, you know, you're given these opportunities, you're given the one pill or the other. And the one pill is for you to go back to sleep and wake up and still believe in the matrix. The matrix is the idea of growing up with, you know, the high school sweetheart, getting your uh, diploma, then getting your college degree, getting a good job, a nine to five, and then, you know, living the white pick, white picket fence lifestyle with 1.5 kids and a dog. That's what you're made to believe. So, I mean, similar to the wizard of Oz, you're made to believe that this powerful wizard will take you home. 
You know what I mean? You're believe you're made to believe that this this idea of this person or this powerful thing is going to happen when you follow all the rules. Yep. But really, there are no fucking rules. No rules. Your own rules. And the Wizard of Oz is the thing of like, it's the similar thing of like, oh my God, I'm lost. I have to follow this yellow brick road, which is a symbol for life. And you have to follow this road of life. And when you're going down it, who does she come in contact to? Her friends, her people. That's what she finds along the way to go find this, this end point, you know, to reach the goal of the matrix. Yeah. She gets along, she comes along with all of these, you know, lifelong friends that she will encounter that help her in situations, you know what I mean? That she helps them in situations, you know, the idea that they're going to find this wizard or they're going to find this wizard to get all these answers when really the answers have been with them the whole time. The idea that you have to think differently. Of course, and you can't fall suit to it. But I think the people, the creatives, the, 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 um, the queers, the, we, we have the ability to kind of think because we are, we're given such a traumatic experience, I think, as when we realize, well, wait, this is not how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? We get yeah. this idea that Santa Claus is not real. And then we're like, hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah. This Hopefully is no cool. one is eight years old listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. (laughs) But you know, we we get this abrupt thing that tells us, nope, this is not real. And then we're like, wait, and then so our whole psyche is thrown off. But to really find that life is not that serious. So just do whatever. Paint with all the colors in the rainbow. Dance however you want to dance. Sing as loud as you could. Look, I don't know how to sing at all. I like, I mean, when I say sing at all, I don't sing. But I do perform sold out stadium tours. Oh, I I perform sold out stadium tours in my shower and in my car with nobody else in there. Let it be known. So do all of these things that you want to do. But we are given this matrix or this facade of what life is supposed to be when really there's no rules. Well, we're taught one, right? Yeah, like don't do something yeah. stupid. Like we're taught one way. You know what I mean? Like the people who are teaching you things yeah. are teaching you how to be a heterosexual, modest, middle class working human. You know what I mean? They don't teach you to think outside the box. No. And you're just expected to get A pluses on everything possible in school. You go through the motions and then you get shipped off to college, not knowing shit about shit. You can barely Thank drive you. a car. And then you find, you know, drugs, alcohol, sex, all these vices. And like, no one teaches you how to manage shit. So that's America. It's beautiful. Right. But and don't you see, though, that what I see in middle America a lot is I see the heterosexual people kind of, I think of it as competing for um, mediocrity. I see people competing for mediocrity. Mediocrity being the idea of the matrix that is created for you. You're competing for something that was, you know, made for you to be. That doesn't make sense. Be yep. higher, be better, be stronger. Like whose wedding was cuter? Who's having a baby first? Like all it is is fucking check boxes. And I'm right. like, dude, this sounds miserable. And you're over here as like a weekend warrior going to the same bars and the same pubs in your hometown. Please. Yeah. And I'm over here just showing my butt for a dollar, you know? So. All right, all right. Baby, aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) We're all hustling. It's just a different hustle. You know, you just have to find your own hustle. 
Always. You have to. So like, let's, let's think about this for a second. For somebody listening to this right now who feels stuck, right? They are living in middle America or somewhere internationally that they feel they cannot live their authentic self. What would you advise them to do first? Dream and dream big. Write all of your dreams and goals down, whether it's five-year plans, whether it's one-week plans, whether it's three-month plans. Write these dreams and goals down and reach to attain them every time. Because the thing is, you know, people are like, oh, well, I want to do this and I want to be this big. And I, you know, for these little people out here that are like, like little girls and boys that are like, I want to be president, go out and be the fucking president because God knows we need a new one. But yeah. go out and do these things that you want to do. I've like, I've, I'm, I moved to Los Angeles to become a superstar on television. That's it. There's no, and the thing is, my mom called me when I was, um, when I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the process of moving. And she's like, you know, I was coming across, I came across something in my closet the other day. She said, I was going through my stuff and I found this little paper, which was some sort of like, it was like this leprechaun drawing or something. She said, it could only be yours. Cause you know, you're the, you're the other one with the creative bones in your body. And I said, okay. And she goes, and it was when you were from five years old. And it says, my name, or it says, my name's Ty Talley. My favorite color is yellow and I want to be a star. Oh. And that is what like, drives me every day. You have to make these goals. Nothing is inachievable. Nothing. So do it. And the idea that you can, you have the power. You are an extension of the power that created the entire universe. Can you handle it? We'd love to hear that. It's, it's, it, I mean, anyone can do it. That's the secret. I think it comes down to the fact that you need to go through certain life experiences. And it's not that you're running, like you said, you're not running from your hometown, right? It's right. you're striving to be around people who are going to make you better or get you to your dreams, right? right? And to be honest, for most people, your dreams are not waiting for you in Syracuse, New York, or mm -hmm. Brunswick, Ohio. It's in a big city that you can, you know, bump elbows with people who are going to help get you to where you want to be. And I would say if anybody is living in a small town who feels like they don't understand maybe gay culture or who they are, I would say taking a weekend trip, even just saving a couple hundred dollars and taking a weekend yeah. trip and just like experience what a big city is and what it feels like to be accepted. And whether that's you want to, move to New York or move to LA, or you now realize what you can take to your hometown and make that town a better place. I think that's yeah. probably what's most important is don't get stuck in the rat race of middle America or your hometown, because at that point you just, I don't want to say you're settling, but you're not figuring out who you deep down are. You know what I mean? Like I you're just going through the robotic motions of what you were taught. Yeah. It's surface level very surface level. I think all the surface level people are scared to discover what's like deep, deep in their brain, you know? But I think they're scared to go against what they've always been taught. They're scared to go against family. I think they're scared to go against, um, you know, morals. I think they're really, really scared of abundance. It's like they're scared of success. So they don't do it. Well, this is comfortable. So let me stay here. Let me stay in my lane. Well, 
the only way you're going to reach any sort of new discovery, enlightenment, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy is if you really get uncomfortable, is if you become comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the only way you'll reach. Because how many times have you done anything where you're like, ooh, bitch, I'm scared. I don't know what I should be. I don't My know whole I life is uncomfortable. And, and then and then you, and and now where are you? Now where are you in life? I still don't know. <laughs> but do you, do, you, do you really love you? Do you really love who you've become? I love who I've become. On paper, I feel like I am proud of you know, I think 2020 was like a big mental year, you know, that makes you think a lot. Absolutely. And so I think for me, I've been doing like a lot of writing. Um, like I've been writing like a couple pages every month, just kind of like documenting what I felt like, what I went through, like almost like a little Anne Frank diary. You know what I mean? That like maybe my grandchildren will read one day being like, oh, what was 2020 like? And it just has all the things I mentally went through, right. you know? Right. And right. when I was just like reading it back recently, um, I just was looking at like all the things I like low key have accomplished behind yeah. closed doors, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like I could look at it from a way being like, Oh, that sucks. My roommate moved in with her boyfriend, but then in return, it forced me to like be an adult and move in alone. Yeah. And, like board an apartment by myself. And like Jeff can't be a drunk bitch and like forget his keys, you know, right. like you go through these like adulting motions that are happening that you don't even realize are happening to you. Yeah. I think we just need to learn to like embrace those, you know? But in, in the idea of, you know, things happening your roommate going with her boyfriend, you, you know, you made it for yourself to be better, do better. You're uncomfortable, but the, the outcome is what you're, you're successfully doing it. We're hey. thriving in a one-bedroom <laughs> apartment in Hell's Kitchen, baby. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, though. That's that's the thing. It's like these uncomfortable situations where you feel like, oh, bitch, I'm scared. Hold on. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But yeah. then, you know, you come out on top and then you're like, wow, if I didn't go through that experience, I wouldn't be a bad, I wouldn't be who I was today or a better person. But they could be as you know? little as like picking between a two car choices, two job choices. You know what I mean? Like, you have different life choices every day that can impact the direction of your life. And I would say whatever makes you the most scared, that's what you do. Exactly. Exactly. I agree 100%. And Ty and I are both sitting in our bedrooms just praying we don't have Corona. <laughs> and, um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, can't wait to watch this election right now. Um, I'm literally like, okay positive vibes only we're going to be we're going to be talking about voting we're going to be posting about voting we're going to be saying things about voting we're going to be voting and you know i sashayed up in the voting poll today in my little you know fur coat and i walked to the poll and you know i was greeted by this woman this i, I mean this woman of a particular age who couldn't i mean couldn't have just been more happy to be at the polls with some purple uh -huh. hair and a purple shirt and she was just living her best life and she was like, okay, Cole, hey. And she's like, the polls are right over there for you, sweetheart. And I was like, oh, well, thank you, baby. And you know, I flapped my coat at her, of course, of because course. it was just a sashaying moment. But she was <laughs> like, yes, I know where this vote's going. <laughs> thank God. I can't imagine. Think about the amount of problematic people she's probably seen all day. Oh, you know? there were some standing outside. I mean, yeah in the camo shorts and the big trucker, like the big trucks with the Trump sign. I mean, 
how many problematic people has she seen? I mean, I feel like I've seen too many and I'm just like, and you know, it's, it's so, it's almost uncomfortable coming back to your hometown and you seeing all these like, you know, Trump supporters and you're like, damn, is that still little Susie that still lives there? It better not be little Susie that I went to high school with. Cause I'll be, you know, yeah, you, you always think you're, you're like, ah, who lives there? Is it somebody I know? And it's just, it's uncomfortable. It's, it's strange. You know, well, you want to know what's funny is you saw that um, dump Trump butt picture I did the other day. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, feel, I sometimes I feel like I talk into a bubble that mm. it's like I'm almost talking to a group of people that all thinks the way I think. Yeah. That it's good to vocalize your opinions, political beliefs, whatever. But at the end of the day, my bubble is not the problem, right? My bubble is the heterosexual people in Syracuse or Ohio or places like that, right? Yeah. So I, texted a whole bunch of like high school friends some college friends and I was like hey can you guys share this on your story and like you know I did a little swipe because I was like you know what I don't want to pressure people to have to post a butt picture yeah. on their pages or their story so I was like you know what I have a pants photo of just guys shirtless with dumb trump on their back and yeah. I messaged probably like 25 people and only two of them posted it on their story and you can't help but think the reason why they didn't do that was because they obviously are voting for Trump. Right. But the, you have to think on the positive side of that, though. You had the ability to influence two people, right? Those two oh. people have how many followers? Whether it's 10, 15, or 150,000, they also influence people. So it's like, you know, Jane Elliott is a, um, a woman that I look up to. She created this experiment about racism and she kind of teaches about it all over the world, but she talks about how after she does her experiment, she gets a three-day headache from it. She's like, I get a three-day migraine from doing this 50-minute thing. But the idea that out of the 50 people or the 100 people that I teach this class to, that one person takes away something from it. So the one person takes away from it, not only is it one person, but it's one person's generation. It's them, it's their children, it's their grandchildren that they are learning. So for me to influence and kind of, you know, rub off on one person and not only one person, but their, their line of generations to come is worth a three-day migraine. It's worth the upsetting of people not going through with what you're, you're asking them to just to kind of like vocalize themselves. But those two people influenced other two people. And, you know, it's one by one, one by one. That's how we win. That's how we win. A, um, that's how we win a presidency. It's one by one. Fingers crossed, because I feel like tomorrow is going to be a day. Ooh, either way. Really you, know, you know, we are not finding out right now. No, 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 no. It's going to be a day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ty, this was a real pleasure. <laughs> It was wonderful Always. catching up with you. Always good catching up with you, Pumpkin. Let a bitch know when you're back in New York. Always. My um, my rooftop's waiting for you. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. I'll be up there in a jiffy. <laughs> um, new new angles, right? So like it's a different backdrop for you. You know, scenery change, scenery change, of course. Yes, and like <laughs> we're gonna break into a couple new ones now. You know, I know some people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's always a pleasure coming up with you. Well, anybody listening to this, I hope that inspired you, gave you some insight um, and helps you maybe dive deep a little and help you with your self-discovery.
if anyone's taught you anything, just go deeper. Always go deeper. (laughs) It scares you, do it. (laughs) And on that note, vote for Biden. (laughs) And And Miss Harris, honey, because Miss Harris is coming for you, baby. Yeah. She's she's coming for you. Yes. She is everything. All right. Well, thank you guys. 